Good morning, everyone. We'd like for you to stand and join with our called worship song. This is a uh, familiar tune. This is called God With Us. You know, the Lord says that uh, His Spirit doesn't dwell in temples that man made, but yet it dwells in the hearts of his people. So it is my prayer today as we come to worship that he would stir up our affections for him, because he says he inhabits the praises of his people. So we come today not to see what we can get out of it, but what we can bring and what we can give to him. So we come this morning to worship him. So I invite you to worship today. Who are we? Sings of 
Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad to see everyone here today. We're getting off to a good start. Um, hearing about Emmanuel, you know, that's a word that we throw out there a lot at Christmas time, but you know what? The word means that God is with us, and God's not just with us at Christmas time, is he? God's with us all the time, and so we're, 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 well, we're glad for that, and we're glad that we are in the presence of God today as we worship the Lord together. And we welcome you here and, uh, and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God this morning. We welcome our guests especially. You are very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship today. We'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on, they're on the end of each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out uh, so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, just put your name and address, phone number, email, check off the appropriate box. If you would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter. It comes out every Thursday. It's a great way to keep up with the activities going on here at Community Baptist Church so if you would like to receive that by email, please be sure to put your email address on there, and we'll be sure to get you on the list. Um, we have, uh, it's a busy time. Uh, Upward is underway. We had our first evaluations yesterday and uh, registrations yesterday for our Upward basketball and cheerleading program. Excuse me. We are having uh, evaluations and registrations again uh, Monday, tomorrow. Tuesday, Thursday, and again next Saturday. And if we need to, we'll have another one. Sybil, did you want to say something about this? Like Dr. Tim said, we started evaluations yesterday. Um, we're looking forward to a good season uh, we are still uh, needing some volunteers, so if you're interested in um, basketball coach, cheer coach, referee, uh, volunteer table is still set up over there. It's the one with the blue tablecloth. Please fill out a volunteer sheet. We're still needing a cheer commissioner, so if you think that's something you would like to um, take on, uh, it, it's not real involved. The cheer commissioner um, organizes the cheer coaches, makes sure that they're here on Monday night to um, lead their cheer squads, passing out the cheer uniforms, make sure all the cheerleaders get their uniform when they come in, um, maybe get them together for something to do at the awards ceremony at the end. Um, and they meet on Monday evenings from 6 to 7. Uh, so if you're interested in doing that, please get with me or fill out a volunteer sheet over there. Um, we're getting ready to um, start our scholarship campaign. So this year the price for Upward is $70. Those who cannot afford to pay the $70, we are asking them to pay $30. And then we're hoping you guys are generous enough to give scholarships to make up that extra $40 
um, for each one of the children that plays. So we're anticipating about 20 scholarships this year. So if you want to give towards the Upward Scholarship Program, just write it on your check or make a notation on your um, offering envelope how much you want to give towards the Upward Scholarship, and then we'll make sure that that gets into that fund. Of course, we're also going to need some help back there in the concession stand, so if you want to do that. All the flyers did get out into the schools this past week. Those of you that made cookies for us to take to the staff, they greatly appreciate those cookies. So thank you to everyone who made cookies for us to distribute with the flyers. Thanks. Thank you, Sybil. This, it's an important program that we have here at Community Baptist Church and, and hope that you'll support it uh, this year as we get underway. Uh, several things that are going on, some opportunities for you to share and to, uh, uh, and to help us a little bit. Uh, at, at the Central Academy, they, um, uh, they, they have some dress codes there that they need to fulfill. And uh, one of the things is they, they have to wear their shirts tucked in and wear a belt. And uh, I, this prevents some things that we, well, you know. <laughs> You know, and, and so, uh, but the problem is, is that a lot of the children um, in, in the Central Academy, um, their, their families can't afford new clothes. They can't afford to, to go to Walmart or wherever to buy a belt. And so we want to help them provide a belt. So if you have some belts in your, um, in your closet that maybe you have grown too large for or grown too small for, or maybe you're just not using it, Consider bringing that in. I think we're putting it somewhere. There's a bucket on the back table back there, so just drop your belt in there. As a matter of fact, if you want to drop your belt in there on your way out today, that'd be <laughs> that'll be fine. But uh, but just be sure your pants will stay up there. So. <laughs> Uh, so if you could help that, help us out with that, we would certainly appreciate it. We also have a couple of fundraisers that are coming up in the next month or so. On uh, September the 6th and 7th, we're going to be having our Sureway fundraiser. This is a barbecue uh, that we have at Sureway East, and uh, it's, a, it's a great time. It's great food, a great uh, way to raise money, and the money that we raise for this is going towards our mission projects. Uh, we have tickets available. If you have tickets, raise your hand. Uh, See, see these people if you would like to purchase some tickets uh, for, for food. Uh, also, if you would like to take some tickets, we'll give you uh, 10 tickets or so, and you can take them and sell them because our pre-sales is really what makes this a, 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 good, uh, a good fundraiser. So uh, please help support us with that. And also on October the 4th and, and 5th, we will be participating in the uh, Highway 60 yard sale. Highway 60 is right up here, and I understand this thing goes on for like 200 miles, and, and people are all up and down this street. And so we're going to be participating with that. So please bring us the stuff that you don't want at your house, and we will sell it. We will sell it, and this is a good fundraiser for us. One other announcement. Um, next week we, were, we are going to be giving a toast to uh, Jerry and Adele. Uh, as most of you know, Jerry and Adele Martin are leaving us and are about to head off to Connecticut, and they are so much a part of our family here at Community Baptist Church that we cannot allow them t to go. Should I just leave it there? <laughs> 
we certainly cannot allow them to go without giving them a fond farewell. And so we're going to be having a big wing ding for them uh, next week uh, from 2 to 5 next Sunday afternoon, and we hope that you'll come and be a part of that. It's great to be with God's people in God's house worshiping our Lord. So uh, let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Let's just pass the peace of Christ and show the love of God with one another.
be seated. It's good to have New Face with us today, um, leading us in worship and, and music today. They, they are here about once a month, and I wasn't here last month when you were there. Or, what did I say? New Face. True Face. I don't know. These faces look a little old to me. Yeah, we're missing a few. <laughs> now, George, George, our other guitar player, he said he's about yeah, 15 years yeah. ago. So it's good to have you. I wasn't here last week, last month when y'all were here. And I don't think y'all you know. were here in June, and so I hadn't seen y'all in a while. So welcome back. It's good, good to have you. Uh, join me in our um, responsive reading today titled Praise, and how appropriate it is for us to, uh, to be here today and to praise our Lord. Creator God, even the rocks cry out to praise you. The trees clap their hands and the hills sing for joy. We bring the sounds of our hearts, noise like sounding gongs or clashing cymbals, and joy like a wren's melodic song. Underneath our soul's music, hear the echoes of its praise a million colors and tones. The gasps of wonder at your creation. The gentle whispers of your spirit expressing our feelings too deep for words. We blend our voices in the flows of others to create a harmony with hope and successful justice. With the rocks, the trees, the mountains, the stars, the birds, we sing in a chorus beyond Alleluia in the name of the one who gives us a song to sing. Praise, oh praise, oh praise the Lord. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 6, begins at verse 60 through 69. When many of his disciples heard what Jesus had been teaching, they said, Lord, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, 
Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. I want you to stay over here for just one second. I want you all to look this way because I'm going to be over here, please. And I would like all of our high school youth to come up. Our high school, come on up. I can call you out or you can walk on your own. Come on, Colin. Come on, Jake. Come on, Nathaniel. You can leave that for just a second. Who else is here? High school? Oh, no, we got up and up here. <laughs> they're acting like they're busy. All right. Well, that's okay. They don't. Um, guys, this is what we call Promotion Sunday. Because you know what started again, right? What started again? I think... It's tough, isn't it? it? This first week is tough. Is everybody a little tired? Is everybody a wee bit grouchy at your house? Yeah? yeah. No, some Good, Sarah. That's good. Well, what we're going to do, we need to talk about what grade you went into. And you know what? I talked about this last year. When you guys come to this church, you know not only do you have a family at home, you have a church family here. And when you come up here in a minute and tell what grade you are and where you go to school and your first name, I want you to know that every single person in this church, you can go to them anytime because they're your church family. They will help you through any rough time that you have. And especially the youth that are, going, are, that are in high school, Jim McElwain just handed me these crosses, and I think this is fitting for our high school youth. Do you want to tell a little bit about these crosses? Do you... He just now handed. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but these are so beautiful. And I think it's just perfect for our high school youth. And when they comment about it, you take it off and give it to them. And that this is for them to understand that it belongs to them and they can pass it on if they so desire. But it's so to show you that I believe in the cross. And I am one of those 
that believes. And I have one. So, if you're like one, I will get more of them. Because a man will take no money for it. He does it as a gift to people. And it's something that they can uh, carry on and pass on to someone else if they need to tell them about God. Thank you. That's pretty good, just being put on the spot, Jim. Um, we, I know this is going to take a little bit of time, but I think it's very important for these kids to uh, kind of face you all and tell us your name, what school you're going to, and what grade you're in. Is everybody okay to do that? Yes, Molly. I'll help you, Molly. Look, she's looking at Mom like, oh, why didn't I come up here? All right. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Colin. I go to Henderson County High School, and I'm a sophomore. I'm Kelsey Dunham. I go to Henderson County High School, and I'm a sophomore as well. This is Heather Marcy, and she's also a sophomore with me and Colin at Henderson County High School. Girl, it's Marseille. Marseille. I'm sorry. Marseille. Come on, Kelsey. I'm sorry. Where are you? All right. We also want to shout out to Nathaniel Hobbs. Nathaniel's a junior this year. And Jake Dunham is a freshman this year. Do we have any more high schoolers? All right. Kirk, no, well, yeah, I've got Kirk down, Matthew down. They're both freshmen in high school. All right. Oh, no, Jesse, you're... Uh, I'm well, thank you. And we know Jesse's the, kind of the co-leader of their youth group now. So, yes. All right. Well, you all can sit down. And I'm going to say this poem while you're sitting down. Guys, listen to this poem here real quick. Your presence is a present to the world. You're unique and one of a kind. Your life can be what you want it to be. Take the days just one at a time. Did you guys feel like the week was never going to end this week? Yes. You take the day one at a time. Count your blessings, not your troubles. You'll make it through whatever comes along. Who can be with you when something bad comes along? Always. Yes, Isabella? That's right. Within you are so many answers. Understand, have courage, and be strong. Don't just put limits on yourself. So many dreams are waiting to be realized. Decisions are too important to leave by chance. Reach for your peak, your goal, and your prize. Nothing wastes more energy than worrying. The longer one carries a problem, the heavier it gets. Don't take things too seriously. Remember that a little love goes a long way. And you guys remember, everybody in this building loves you, and they'll help you get through this, okay? Remember that a lot of love goes forever. Remember that friendship is a wise investment. Life treasures are people together. Realize that it's never too late. Do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. Have health, hope, and happiness. Take the time to wish upon a star. This is the last one. I'm going to ask you this when we go back to Children's Church. And don't ever forget, for even a day, how very special each one of you are. Okay? 
Now, as you leave and go back to Children's Church, I'm going to have Kels going back there to the door. And I want you to come up here and tell us your name, what school you go to, and what grade you're in. Okay? Is this on too, Okay. Come here, Neva. You want to go first? This is our beautiful Neva. Okay. Can you tell the folks in your church family your name? Um... You can do it. Say, I'm Neva. Neva is in kindergarten this year. Is that right? Thank you, Neva. It's hard. When, you can go on back to Children's Church, hon. You can go on back there with Kelsey. Come on and keep coming up. This is going to take a little bit. We've got so many beautiful kids this morning. My name is Georgia, and I am in first grade, and I go to Sutton. Sutton, thank you. You can go back to Children's Church. I like it. Come on, Caden. That's a leader. I'm Caden, and I go to Bingay, and I'm in fourth grade. And what's very special about Caden, this is the first time he's gone to public school. He's been homeschooled, and he's doing very well. Good job. You all have to come up here. Go ahead and make a line so we can go faster. Go ahead and line up behind Tegan, please. Hurry up. I'm Tegan. I'm in, I'm in third grade. I go to South Heights. Congratulations on being in third grade. Go on through. Um, our teachers, our teachers here. Everybody's going to Children's Church today. Kurt will probably come back there with us. It's really not bad because remember, this is your church family. My name's Molly, and I go to Cairo, and I'm, and I'm in second grade. Goodbye. Goodbye. my girl's not feeling too good today. Come on, Gracie. Kindergarten? No, I'm just kidding. First grade at Faust Elementary, correct? Good job. My name is Sarah, and I, I go to second. I go to Bengate, and I'm in second grade. Beautiful. Look at these beautiful ladies. Look at them. My name is Isabella, and I go to East Heights, and I am in second grade. You're getting old too, girl. Good job. Hi, my name's Hannah, and I go to Spotsville. I'm in fifth grade. Last year at Spotsville. Oh. I'm Jade. I go to Jefferson, and I'm in first grade. Oh, excuse me, Jacob. I'm Jacob, and I go to... What? Um, he's still be at home with Mom this year, right? Okay. Good job. You can go back to Children's Church. My name's Allie. I go to Jefferson Elementary, and I'm in fifth grade. Fifth grade, last year for you, too. Huh? I'm Steven, and I go to first grade at Bingate. Oh, oh, my Abby. Look how big these kids are getting. I'm Abby. <laughs> okay, what, what school? Tonight. South Heights in second grade, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. You guys are not this bashful in the back. I'm Tinley. Beautiful. Second grade at Bengay. Okay. All right. I'll help. I'll help. Come here. Come on, Sydney. You're so beautiful, and look how tall you're getting. 
<laughs> Sydney Warren. Oh, mom's gonna get mad. Third grade now. Yes. At Bengate. Yes. My name's Casey Sipnett, and I'm in third grade, and I go to Big Gate. Gracie, third grade. Come on, Kevin. Last but not least. Kevin at Mount Vernon. What's the name of your school? West Broadway. West Broadway in Mount Vernon, and? Second grade. Second grade. Right. Give a hand for our wonderful church family. You help me up? Let's stand again for our offertory song. This is uh, He Knows My Name. I just wanted to say uh, to our Heavenly Father that uh, I hope he uh, accepts uh, whatever we whatever we have to give to him to uh, to further his word and 
to make everyone uh, uh, know that uh, that he is out there. He is out there for everyone to latch on to. And uh, I feel that uh, the uh, uh, mainly the the people the people that that do much of the work in Jesus name uh don't get enough credit uh for the things they do and uh I feel like uh there are so many of them that actually help and uh uh go out of their way to to raise money to raise money for us and sell tickets and drive and do uh do just about anything for us that uh there there are just so many so many so many individuals that they go out of their way to try to help, try to help and uh, try to help to uh, spread his word and, and uh, try to help tr- uh, transport and uh, move people around and uh, every way po- there is possible. But uh, there was, there's also one one other thing I would like to add uh, that uh, there is uh, you you really is impossible to to hide to hide any anything from the Lord because. He's 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 is it all not only not only the things and uh, the things we offer and give to him but he also he also knows our thoughts and he is he's able to uh really determine how how much uh sincerity and uh whatever good or, or or bad that we uh that we that we carry through our thoughts so uh but uh the uh another thing that that i feel is is very great about the lord and uh it may be the greatest. I mean, uh, I'm really no uh, no Bible scholar or anything, so I can tell you about it. It's that if uh, if you truly if you truly want forgiveness for the things that you have done wrong, all you have to do is with your heart and and truly 
truly with uh, God knows your mind and everything, and truly at, just ask for it. And if 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 he feels like you actually deserve it, he will he will grant it to you. Now, how great is that? That makes me that makes me feel very proud to be to be a Christian, and uh, I think uh, even uh, even people that are are thinking about uh, thinking about joining our church would uh, should know that. But uh, but anyway, with that said, uh, I'll I'll let uh, I'll let Tim get on with the service, and uh, I just wanted to say that in uh, in God's name, in God's Son's name, Jesus, we pray to you. And thank you, God. Uh, Amen. Amen. As I walked up here just a moment ago, uh, Mark said to me, I don't need a sermon. I don't need to preach today. We've just had one, haven't we? You're not get off, getting off the hook that easy, though. <laughs> you may remember um, Aesop's fable, fable about a, a group of mice that lived in a barn, and life was wonderful there for them. They had plenty of food and plenty of water for everyone, and the only problem was that sneaky cat. Uh, hardly a day went by without the poor mouse, uh, poor mice being chased, or, and even maybe every once in a while one of them would be caught and eaten by the cat. And so finally the, the head mouse called a meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, youngsters and baby mice, he said, 
The time has come to resolve our problems with the cat. Does anyone have any suggestions? Well, the mice were abuzz with ideas and suggestions, but none seemed to solve the problem. And then a young mouse got up, took the floor, and he boldly said, let's hang a bell around the cat's neck. That way, whenever the cat is near, we'll hear the ringing of the bell and we will be safely be able to hide. And so the crowd applauded wildly and as the young mouse took his seat. And once the applause died down, an elderly mouse rose to his feet and he said, Our young friend's suggestion is simple yet ingenious. Once the bell is on the cat, we will all live safely. But I have one question to put to you all. Which of you will volunteer to bell the cat? You know, that's always the question, isn't it? Who is willing to do the hard, dirty, and sometimes even dangerous work that needs to be done? Who is willing to bell the cat? An African-American woman named Joyce Riley tells about how she and her neighbors decided that it was time for them to bell the cat. Nineteen young men had died within one year's time on her street, three of them in one week. Two and a half years before this, Riley had lost her own grandson to a drive-by shooting. And so, understandably, she was angry, and she was hurt, and she was confused. She didn't know what to do, and she asked, why? Why doesn't somebody do something about all this killing, all of this, this crime in our neighborhood? And then she says, God spoke to her, and God said, why don't you do something? So she did. She called the police department and said, I need some help. What can we do for you and what can you do for us? And the, the officer that she talked with said, do what you want to do and do what you think you can do and we'll be there with you. So she and some of her neighbors took to the streets. At last report, they have, they've been there for two and a half years every Friday night. Every single Friday night for two and a half years, rain, shine, sleet, or snow. They march every single week. Now, they used to march and, and have a candlelight vigil every time that there was a death on the street. And, and there wasn't anything wrong with that, says Joyce. But it wasn't getting, getting anything done. You, you do a vigil, you go home, and nothing changes. So there had to be more to it than just a vigil. If they really wanted the, the crooks and the criminals and the gun-carrying thugs off the streets, then they had to go in there where they were and show them that they would not be intimidated. And that's just what they did. They marched right into the midst of the drug dealers and the killers and the murderers. They decided that the thugs were not going to run them out, and they stayed there. They took all kinds of abuse. They were threatened. The women were harassed. But they were not going to run. Joy says that she wasn't simply doing her own thing. She was doing God's thing. And she says this was a vision from God. And God said to her, go, Riley. You can do it. And I'm there with you. Because of this, she says, they weren't afraid of the drug dealers. 
the guns. Not anything. And looking back, she says, I think we were just probably too crazy to be afraid. And so they stayed. It's a good thing they did. You see, there's only been one homicide in that area in nearly three years now since Joyce obeyed the voice of God. And, and here's the question. Would you be that courageous? Would you be that courageous? Joyce Riley was willing to bell the cat. Robert Schuler tells about a young woman named Patty Wilson. She had a different kind of courage. You see, as a preschooler, Patty had a, a minor history of, of convulsions. And one day, when Patty was seven years old, she had a severe convulsion in school. And she began to shake so hard, she fell to the floor, and her eyes rolled to the back of her head. And, and the next day, the, the other children avoided her because, well, children do that when they don't understand something. Well, over the years, Patty's attacks became more frequent and more severe, and the doctors diagnosed her with epilepsy. But God told Patty to go on and make a normal life for herself despite her illness. She's a young woman with great determination, and when she was, when she was 15 years old, she decided that she was going to run from Los Angeles to Portland, Oregon, to prove to others that epileptics are normal people too, and also to raise funds for the National Epilepsy Foundation. By the end of the first day, her foot was aching so badly that she could hardly stand on it, but Patty would not stop. The pain grew worse over the next several days, and finally Patty's parents convinced her to see a doctor, and the doctor told her, you have a stress fracture. You have to stop this run so it can heal. But Patty said, Doctor, I've got to complete this race. The doctor said, Patty, that's impossible. I've got to set this fracture. And then Patty suggested, well, what would happen if you set the fracture in a few weeks when I'm done with the run? I've made a commitment and I have to fulfill it. But Patty, if I, if I bind it up so you, you can run on it, you'll get blisters. And Patty said, what's a few blisters? Nothing more than a little fluid in the, uh, under the skin. And my mom can drain that with a syringe. I can keep on going. And that's just what Patty did. The doctor showed her parents how to wrap her foot tightly with the tape, and each day Patty ran somewhere between 25 and 30 miles despite the pain in her foot, despite two epileptic seizures on the way. And she ran for 42 more days. When she finally got within a mile of the city of Portland, the mayor came out and joined her and ran for that last mile with her. Um, into the city under a banner that said, Run, Patty, run. Patty Wilson ran 1,310 miles on a fractured foot. Patty had a, a different kind of courage, but when push came to shove, Patty Wilson was willing to bell the cat. Now, many people today are reluctant to make any kind of a commitment. They like their freedom too much. They like their comfort too much, their leisure. And, and many other people are, are good for their short haul, but they're not willing to, to stick it out when the going gets tough. And Jesus, you know, as a pastor, it's comforting to me sometimes to, to, to know that Jesus faced this kind of thing too. It's not just me. <laughs> 
he faced the same difficulties with those who followed him. Because sometimes people turned away from him. Today's lessons takes place in Capernaum. Jesus had been giving his followers some hard teachings. In fact, some of his followers found them to be just too hard to take. And so they began to turn their back on him and and quit following. And then Jesus turned to the twelve disciples who were closest to him and, and asked, Do you want to leave too? Folks, this was a critical moment in the life of this small community of faith. And it was Simon Peter who spoke up and said, Lord, where will we go? To whom shall we go? You, you, you're the one. You have the words of eternal life. And we believe that you are the Holy One of God. And Simon Peter, he had his faults. He was impetuous. He... A lot of times, Simon was one of those guys that that spoke when he should have kept his mouth shut. But you have to give Simon his due because he was willing to bell the cat. He was willing to do whatever was necessary to follow Jesus. And folks, we need people today who will do just that. We need people today who will bell the cat. We need people today who are passionate about following Jesus. You know, it's it's frustrating sometimes. People are so passionate about so many things in our society that are really of no importance in the long run, in the big scheme of things. I read recently about a man named Dave Moffitt, and he, he, like a lot of people, was passionate or is passionate about sports. So passionate, in fact, that for the past six years, he has been living and eating and sleeping in his car, driving across America, watching sports events. He has seen every National Football League team, every National Hockey League league team, every Major League Baseball team, every NBA basketball team play in their home stadium or arena over these past six years. He's watched hundreds of horse races and car races and golf tournaments, even little league teams. And Dave's passion doesn't cost him as much as you would think it would. You see, he eats vegetables from a can and in his car, and he sneaks hot dog buns into, uh, into stadiums where he loads them down with mustard and ketchup and relish where it's free. He shaves in Walmart, showers in the truck stops, never pays to park anywhere, and he finds the cheapest tickets that he can get. He eats bananas for breakfast in the morning and, and eats lunch off of the uh, McDonald's dollar menu. He's no dummy. He's got four master's degrees. But he retired after more than 30 years of teaching junior high physical education, and he just loves sports. Not surprisingly, Dave has an ex-wife and two estranged daughters. His girlfriend teaches English in Japan, and as far as we know, Dave's relationship with his girlfriend is fine, but should she Get tired of his passionate pursuit of sports. Dave says they won't be together anymore. 
Now, most people would say that Dave is more than just a little bit obsessed. He probably is. But what about those who spend more money on tickets to watch their favorite sports teams than they give to God? Could we not agree that it's really sports that they worship and not Christ? And it concerns me how little regard we give to the work of the church, how difficult it is to to find Sunday school teachers, how few people are willing to tithe, how few people are willing to to do the, the hard, demanding work of following Jesus. My friends, we need people today who are willing to bell the cat. And Christ is still looking for people who will not turn their backs on Him. On Him. He's still looking for people who will put Him first in their lives. Not not the church, not the sports teams, not anything, but Him first in their lives. He's still looking for people who are committed to the advent of God's kingdom here on earth. Brian McLaren, in his book titled The Secret Message of Jesus, tells about a man who is just like that. His name is Carter. He's a a 75-year-old African-American taxi driver in Washington, D.C. But Carter is not your typical taxi driver. You see, Carter is a taxi driver in the kingdom of heaven. And that makes all the difference in the world. Back in 1994, in his role as a taxi driver for the kingdom of God, Carter picked up a man from Malawi in Africa. And because Carter was committed to serving all people, he treated this man with the, with the greatest respect, and they became friends. The man introduced Carter to some other friends from Malawi, and, and, and soon Carter was invited to visit Malawi, which he did back in 1998. Well, in Malawi, Carter saw poverty like he had never seen before, like he could never even imagine before. And so he prayed, Lord, help me bring some joy into this village. And God answered that prayer. And God did it through Carter. You see, first, Carter realized that there was, there was no road in this village. It was just a narrow, muddy path. And, and he thought, with a proper road, these people can get around a little bit better and the elderly and the sick can be transported to the hospital. And, and so Carter offered to pay for the gas and the oil and, and drivers if people of the village would do the work. And soon Carter's generosity became contagious and someone provided a, a road grader and, and then more and more people got invo- volunteered to help and got involved in, in this. And, and three days later, they built a road. It was a a mile and a quarter long. It wasn't a big paved road or anything like that, but it was a road. A year or so later, Carter came back to the village, and there was a a young man there who had been falsely accused of of stealing, and he was stuck in jail. And since Carter seeks the kingdom of God, and since justice for all people is an important part of that kingdom, Carter got involved. And soon this young man was free. On that same visit, Carter met a boy who needed 
medical care that was only available in a, in a clinic that was, that was far away in a distant city. And so Carter made it possible for that boy to get to those treatments on a regular basis by finding and convincing, who else, a taxi driver to take him. The next year, he went back again, and this time he helped some young men improve their farming by uh, using money that he had saved to buy seed. He also made connections and got 26 soccer balls donated to the children of that village because he knew that fun and play were important things for children. He even helped to get them some uniforms because in the kingdom of God, dignity and pride are important. On another trip, Carter's generosity inspired a shopkeeper, a shopkeeper in the village to, to donate money to help some sick children to get treatment for ringworm. And soon a Bible school was started, and it grew quickly from 17 students to 85. Who could imagine? A 75-year-old taxi driver from Washington, D.C. And today, Malawi... In Malawi, there are roads and rides and ringworm medicine and seeds and soccer balls and uniforms and a Bible school. There are signs of the kingdom of God all over that little village in Malawi. And Carter said to Brian McLaren, I don't do any of this myself. God is doing it through me. Yes, my friends, that is true. God is doing it. But listen to this. God needs someone to do it through. God always needs someone to work through. God needs people who are willing to bell the cat. Someone who's willing to do the work of the kingdom of God. And someone who's willing to follow Jesus all the way. And folks, that kind of willingness comes only when we realize what Christ has done for us. You see, we give, first of all, because we have received so much from Him. And we love, first of all, because we were loved so much by Him. My friends, Jesus never asks us to do anything that hasn't been done for us before. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's the inspiration of our lives. And he is, he is the example of our well-doing. To paraphrase William Barclay, suppose we play golf. I know some of you play golf. Probably more than I know of. Suppose we play golf. And suppose our game is... Just an ordinary game. Mine's subordinary. But then suppose we go to the Masters and we watch Tiger Woods play. And then after we have seen Tiger Woods master the course, we go back to our own course with a whole new idea of what golf is all about. A whole new standard that we aim for. Barclay says that Jesus gives us a whole new standard of what life can be like. And that's why millions of people, 2,000 years later, after his death and resurrection, 
still call him their Savior, but not only that, their Lord. But here's the critical point. Christ was willing to bell the cat for us. But the question that we are left with is this. What are we willing to do for him? Amen. We are going to sing together number three, number 230, How I Love You. And there may be someone here today who needs to express your love for Jesus Christ for the first time in your life, perhaps, by saying, yes, I am willing to follow you wherever you go. And I am willing to do whatever is necessary, whatever you call, me, call on me to do, because you are my Lord. Because you have done such wonderful things in my life. You have blessed me with my own salvation. You have blessed me with the presence of your Spirit within me. You have blessed me in so many ways that I want to return that blessing and be a blessing to others. If you've never made a commitment to Christ, we invite you to do that today. It's an important thing to do. If you're looking for a church to be a part of, to be a member of, we invite you to unite with our church today um, as we seek to be the presence of Christ in this community and across the world. We're not perfect at it, but, you know, God continues to bless us. Maybe you need a time of prayer today. We invite you as we sing together, 2.30, How I Love You. Would you come? from here to the work and witness of life, knowing that the living Christ goes with you, and may Christ himself present to you holy and unblameable and unreproachable in the sight of God. Amen.